this week on Unsportsmanlike Conduct, we break down the Detroit Lions' recent transactions, some interesting ones of the draft pick they had a few years ago that they released this week. We'll get into that and a little bit more of their possible free agent signings. Then we talk about the Big Ten tournament, Michigan and Michigan State. Uh, both teams played each other in the tournament again. It was Michigan coming out victorious again and winning the Big Ten tournament for the second straight year. We'll talk about what that means and get into some NCAA tournament previews for both of those teams. And then we talk about the Pistons, who are failing and falling uh, since their trade of Blake Griffin. And since the All-Star break, things haven't been good. They've lost eight of their last ten. We'll talk about what that means for the future of Stan Van Gundy and the team. All that and more on Sportsmanlike Conduct next. And welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. My name is Andrew McDonald. I'll be your host. To my right, Evan Petzold, back from spring break. Kid was in Cleveland, did a great job covering the MAC tournament. Evan, how we doing? I like what you said there about failing and falling with the with the Pistons. Kind of like Dwayne Wade, you know? He, he goes oh, 3 of 11 oh in his last game against Washington. Only plays 15 minutes because he gets injured with his hamstring. So there's failing, and then falling yeah. is when he gets hurt, has the hamstring injury. Been out for, for the last two games. He's not going to play in in Friday's game against the Lakers. So just a little bit of failing and falling there. Not like my bracket, though. Off to a 4-4 start. You know, pick the Loyola Chicago upset over over Tennessee. Off to a, a good little march Miami. there. Well, well, Miami, excuse me. Well, well they're playing Four Tennessee. Five. Well, hey, we'll get there. Hey, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get we'll get to a little bit of a, a tournament talk. Uh, yeah, that that things are going well right now. You know, D Wade failing and falling. Elena's probably pretty pissed off, but my bracket's good, so I don't really care. Must be Elena. How, um, how are well, you doing I'm until that? I'm just gonna uh, start out with saying I'm never giving Evan a ride anywhere ever again. And I so, got laundry back in my I'm place not, that yeah, I gotta go get, so yeah, I need to ride back. Somebody's gonna steal it. I hope so. Well, clearly we're uh, we're off to a strong note here between these two. But um, I, but I'm doing good. I'm not worried about Dwayne Wade. He'll be fine. But, she's um, she's doing good, but D Wade ain't doing good. The arguments will continue, but we'll switch it over to football right now. Maybe try to kill those bad basketball vibes here for a second. Um, the Detroit Lions, and I think the one everyone that you know, or yesterday the move that kind of just had to make everybody laugh was uh, Eric Ebron getting dropped. Um, it they just couldn't trade him, so they got rid of him, and now he's just not gonna be in the team anymore. Uh, the nickname E Drop actually fits him pretty pretty well now because you know he's been dropped off the team, so <laughs> it's not just the passes, it's the dropping. But uh-huh. at the end of the day, I think that it's I think it's a good. I don't think it's really a good or a bad move. I don't know. I don't really think that they excel that much though. I don't think that if they. I think if they keep him, it doesn't really hurt him either. Um, but That's what I don't understand. Why don't you just keep him? I guess it. I, I don't know exactly how much money he was going to to be offered if they were to like sign him back, and it might have been him asking for a ridiculous amount, which is what I can most likely mm-hmm. guess for how good he's been over the past couple of years. And he really hasn't been good. But no matter what, if you're a Lions fan, the one thing you're looking at is they could have had Odell Beckham Jr. instead of Eric Ebron. That's the one thing you'll always think about. Um, instead of that, he was the draft pick that was available before him. And so the fans will never let it go. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like he was a hated player because he never showed up and was able to be good. And OBJ ended up being as good as he was. So it was just kind of one of those typical bad Lions draft picks. But do you think it was the right move? Well, Ebron played with he played with Calvin Johnson for what two years? I think I think it was two seasons or, yeah, or one season. It, it couldn't have been more than two. Yeah. So you almost wonder if maybe maybe you know Calvin's going to be, be leaving as soon as he would, as soon as he, he ended up leaving. Maybe you wonder if, if, if they skip on a tight end and, and get someone else. But they didn't know that at the time. But I, I just don't think Eric Ebron is, is NFL ready. You know, five years in, I think, you know, as far as things go, you know, in his head, I don't think he's, he's NFL ready. I think he's still 
kind of stuck in college mm-hmm. as, as far as the way that he acts, the way that he plays, all that kind of stuff. I don't think he's ever really really been ready to to be a number one tight end on a team. I think that's why they, they just decided to, to let him go. Someone else can can pick him up, deal with the nonsense, and, and go from there. But I, I think it was a good move. I mean, looking at the 2017 season, 53 receptions, 574 yards, four touchdowns. That's not enough out of your out of your tight end. It's just not it, plain and simple. You you need more than that, especially when when you're trying to when you're trying to hit guys like like Marvin Jones and Golden Tate and the receivers. Like you got to open up the pass game a little bit, and a lot of that starts with the run game. Don't yeah. don't get me wrong, but when you have a versatile tight end that people say, okay, like watch him. You got it. You got to watch him. I mean, you even you even see the way that it, it works with. With, with with Jimmy Graham when he was with the Saints, you know it was it was eyes on Jimmy Graham and then boom it, it was a it was a touchdown to a wide receiver, or the same thing with the Patriots with Gronkowski, you got to keep your eyes on him, double yep. cover him, and then and then the wide receivers were able to do do their thing, and that's one of the reasons why you know some of the wide receivers who maybe weren't I guess as good coming out of college or as as highly touted have done so well with the Patriots. And, and, yeah, some of that has to do with the fact that Tom Brady's your quarterback and Bill Belichick's your coach. But And a pretty good system. And a pretty good system. <laughs> but but don't get me wrong, I think a lot of that does start with, with the tight end and the run game. And the Lions haven't had haven't had both for a real long time. Exactly. Elena? Um, like you said, I don't really think it would have hurt them to keep him. I mean, he's like Evan said, I don't think that he's ever been NFL ready, and I don't really know that he will be ever. He's... To me, he's just kind of a bust, but I think keeping him would have, it kind of would have hurt just because, I mean, he was getting booed all the time, mm-hmm. like, dropping passes, he'd get booed. If he caught one, it'd be, like, sarcastic cheers, kind of, like, you know, I don't know. I just think, I think that they made the right move to just drop him. For sure, and I think I think the vision, you know, when they got him was, this is one of those more athletic tight ends, it's not going to be as slow, he's going to be quicker. Um, someone that can kind of, you know, assist with the receivers, kind of fits in the Lions system of the way that they run their offense, but... Just didn't work out that way, and I, I don't know if he will fit in anywhere else. I'm sure someone's going to pick him up, though. I think that his athletic ability and just size and the way that he's built, I think it's something that someone will see a lot well, in him um, yeah, still. Mean, and still no, yeah. he potentially be good somewhere else with a different different coach, different system, everything else. Maybe it just never worked out for him with Stafford. It could simply be a quarterback and tight end you know mm-hmm. problem where it just they just never really linked up like that because you know you would think with a quarterback like Matt Stafford a tight end would kind of be a weapon that he'd use a lot mm-hmm. and it just really has never been that way in Detroit they really never had one that's been consistent I mean you mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. as a guy that the Lions could have got but I mean even looking down the list here here a little bit you know Brandon Cooks uh, wide receiver went to the Saints he's been he's been really really good and yeah. Kelvin Benjamin as well with the with the Panthers he's been good um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. I, I know they would have never grabbed a quarterback, but I mean Derek Carr was down there as well. There, there was a lot of offensive weapons. Marquise Lee for, from the Jacksonville Jaguars down there too. There, there was a lot of guys that that the Lions could have ended up getting, and instead they they pick Eric Ebron. And, and part of me thinks like there's so it's so rare to come across a tight end though that's mm-hmm. good. I mean even like Jimmy Graham with the Saints, you know. You know, he ended up ended up leaving New Orleans, and and he became nothing. You know, Julius Thomas when he was with the Jaguars, he was he was outstanding, and then kind of just fell off. There's, I mean, the only really like consistently outstanding tight end, in in my opinion, I don't know if you can think of any other ones, but it's been Rob Gronkowski and mm-hmm. and and was Aaron Hernandez for a while until until Jimmy he Graham had his was whole pretty incident. good for a few. It, years he was good, but where sure. is he now though? That's my thing. Exactly. I mean, to find consistency in a tight end, put him on the Packers though, and. Oof. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers not get that was another big move. Uh, we haven't we haven't really talked about it yet, but it's still the mm-hmm. NFC North. Is Jordy Nelson getting uh, 
dropped. I, I don't know about that one. If I if I'm the Packers, even with his like inconsistency and stuff, I still like Jordy Nelson's hands, man. I don't know. I, I feel like him and Aaron Rodgers had a really good connection, and I think Randall Cobb was pretty much useless to them with the emergence of like uh, Devonte Adams and everything in that team. So I don't know if you I saw. Know. I don't know if you saw today, but he got picked up um, actually today by the the Oakland Raiders yeah. after Crabtree got, got released. Dropped. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean. A little bit of a, a switcheroo right there. Real but, quick. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't take long for someone to pick him I, up. <laughs> I wanted the Lions to go after him, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, anytime you can add. the Lions ever sign a big player? <laughs> oh, never, Andy. And I think they, that, they I would think never. That kind of they would never. That kind of transitions into what I want to talk about next, and that's yeah. the fact that there's all these big running back names that have been coming around the Lions, and you know, a couple of them even visited with Demarco Murray and Jonathan Stewart. Big, big running back name, Frank Gore. <laughs> And that that's right. the one that's that the one we un- want to talk about. Unofficially signed or something like that. Is what yeah, you're it's gonna. Me right now? I mean, I mean, they the reports came out that they're close to a deal, and when they're when mm-hmm. they're nearing a deal, close to a deal, about to have a deal, um, you know, ninety five percent of the time that yeah, deal ends up going through, happen. and it's gonna happen. I mean, who else is really gonna want Frank Gore? Let's be honest. I don't know what I don't know what kind of looks he's getting, but I'm guessing the Lions are offering him uh, the the number one RB spot. I'm guessing. Well, yeah, because he will be. They don't have anybody else. I mean, Theoretic might get cut in that team now. So, but I don't think anybody else can offer him that much. So <laughs> no. I think he's pretty much a lock to the Lions, which is which is depressing now, because nobody else Frank can offer. Frank like a legend, and he's going to go finish his career in a place where he's not going to have a chance to win anything. Well, he's right? washed up. Exactly. And here, here's nobody. But here's the thing: the reason why it's depressing is because nobody else can offer him any better because he doesn't deserve any better. But the Lions are going to offer it to him because the Lions are the Lions. That's what they do. They do those kind of moves, and they do all the time. I think the one that, like, if for me when I saw that Demarco Murray's name was even mentioned in it, with where the Lions have been after the past few years, I know that he's getting a little bit older too, but he still has a lot left in his tank. I think. I think he just kind of didn't really fit with the system and uh, in Tennessee that much, or at least last season it didn't. And Derrick Henry just kind of started to over emerge past him. I think he'd fit great with Detroit. So what? Do these guys just not want to come to Detroit? Is that what it is? I, I mean, he visited I with them, so so yeah. But they're nearing a decision with Frank Gore. I know. So, it, so do, maybe just, do they, they just don't just... want to offer him the money too that he that's, was asking that's for. Because Demarco Murray's not a guy that's going to take pocket change. He knows what he's worth. He knows that someone will pay him a good amount of money still to play there. And Frank Gore will take. And the Lions change. never spend money on their running backs. I know. Ever. And they're going to go into the draft. <laughs> and they're going to draft somebody, and they're not going to be good. And it's going to be bad. Can you tell me why that is, Elena? Why don't they ever spend money on their running backs? I don't know. They just, I mean, they don't have a winning mentality, it doesn't seem. So, I mean, they, they're they not winners. So how could they know how to <laughs> be winners? Even be, even yeah. like, most most people that win games have a running game, <laughs> and they just don't have a running game. They never have, and it's always, it's always affected Stafford, in my opinion, because if you have someone that can run – and they've always had bad offensive linemen, so if you get a powerhouse running back like a DeMarco Murray that can shake some tacklers and break through and get you four yards on first down, even when mm-hmm. he's going through a couple of tacklers, that's the kind of guy that the Lions have needed for years, and they, I think but they all, just let that one slip through their fingers. But, but all they do is they say, oh, you know, we're going to try to improve the offensive line, the offensive line. They've drafted offensive linemen and, and defensive <laughs> linemen so often, but nothing happens. Right, and then if, because you, know, you need a running back. They get him and they just get hurt or they're a bust. If they gave the Lions drafting. If they gave Stafford <laughs> options, you have any idea what could like happen? Like he's so good. I mean, they have in the receiving game. They just never have given him anything to back him in the offensive line category and at the running back spot. Sometimes I wonder when a defense comes in to face the Lions, like what do they have on their scout board? Like they make a big board and they're they're scouting all the players. They just like write down in big red letters, no run game. Is that what they do? I don't know, man. It's just it's just something they've always pushed aside. It's like they just their offense definitely flows around the pass, which is okay. But if you don't have any running game, like it's just it's too predictable to work all the time. So 
at the end of the day, it's something you got. It's you got to switch. Screw it. It's the Lions. It's the Lions. It's the Lions. It's never so, gonna be fixed. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. But uh, you know, also just you know, one play away if Matt Stafford were to get injured, uh, Jake Rudock has been re-signed. That's oh, that is a beautiful so, re-signing. Yeah, just to I'm let you guys it. know, you know, the backup is still there, and uh, you never know that Tom Brady story still could be coming out of Michigan. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> the one season, uh, one season wonder. But anyways, switching over to the other uh, sport right now with Michigan that I think every uh, every fan's kind of arguing with themselves right now is uh, Michigan, Michigan, a basketball school. John mm-hmm. Beeline is really making it quite the argument now. With uh, back-to-back Big Ten titles, they take down Purdue in the, the Big Ten title game. Um, that was our picks. We picked them to get there. And, uh, I picked Purdue to win. Yeah, you guys one. picked Purdue to win, and I yeah. did pick Michigan to win. I just I thought, you're right. thought that yeah, you got, that's what you said. I'm to chill me, with so it. I don't got a problem. Right. I don't got a problem with you being right. It's uh, yeah, and they, I mean, they did it again. They, it's it's almost unbelievable. I don't know if it's just because like you just don't think they could do it because never, both years they have not been above a four seed. They're not even a team that gets that that first mm-hmm. buy, and they still go four games, four days. That I mean, they were the first team to ever do that back to back with the four games in four days. There's been teams that have done back-to-back years three times, but it's the first time it's ever happened where they've had to do four uh, games both times. So it's pretty pretty outstanding what Michigan's been able to put together, and now they're number seven in the country, um, really really moving up the chain and stuff, and they enter the tournament as a number three seed. As well as Michigan State, Michigan State still gets the higher seeds. They get the game in Detroit. Um, but both teams are set up pretty good now. Um, when you guys look at both regions uh, for both these teams, what one would you rather have? Would you rather have Michigan's uh, lane or would you rather have Michigan State's lane? Uh, honestly, I would rather have you know where Michigan's sitting right now. I, I like their spot a lot better. I mean, looking looking at Michigan, they start off against against Montana and and in a win there would put them against Houston or San Diego State. That's a six against an eleven. Um, so let's just play the the higher the higher seed wins game. It'll be Michigan against Houston. And, and that would give Michigan an opportunity to play against either Texas A&M, Providence, UNC, or Lipsicum. Probably be North Carolina, and I, and I like that matchup. Mm-hmm. I like that Michigan-North Carolina matchup because, I mean, the same way North Carolina knows Michigan, Michigan knows North Carolina. They've played them before. It's not going to be that, that new, weird experience of, of playing a team that you haven't played before. Yeah. They have experience against them, and no. they're going to play them, and it's a new Michigan team. It, they, this Michigan team is so much different than it was when they played North Carolina the first time. And I think it's going to make for a really good matchup, and a win gives them Xavier. I think Xavier is a beatable team. Yeah, definitely as a, as a yeah as a one seed. Yeah, so that's. I mean, you're 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 looking at for Michigan if you can get by North Carolina, and then you have Xavier. That momentum right there, exactly. I mean, could, well, when, could do it for you. When you go that far in the tournament, I mean, you saw yeah. in 2013 when they did it. It doesn't really matter where you're seated. You can. I mean, they were four seed, they're three seed now. Not that much big of a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, if they get that far, anything can really happen at that point. That's when you kind of just start to run with how good it's, you're playing. It's kind of interesting with with Michigan State, though. I mean, they, they got Bucknell to start, and then um, you know that could eventually lead them to a to a game against Duke if Duke beats Rhode Island. Um, that's a matchup that that's already set for the round of 32. So it could be Michigan State Duke. So I mean, you, you could have Michigan UNC, Michigan State against Duke. Both teams played each other on uh, in both of those earlier in the year, and that makes for another interesting matchup. I mean, what do you think about that that Duke Michigan State game? I mean, seeing the way that it, it played out in the first game when they, when they played earlier in the season, to kind of see where Michigan's fallen off. Michigan State, excuse me, has fallen off a little bit since then. What are, what, are the, what are your thoughts on that, really? I have Duke winning my whole bracket, so I don't think there's a better team in the tournament than Duke. Neither do I. I think that they're simply the, the best team out there, so really when you look at it, that's just the game Michigan State has to get by, and I don't think they're going to get by it. But um, even if they get by it, though, Kansas? 
I think they got Kansas. I don't think Kansas is a good number one seed. And, See, I don't know. In, in my opinion, but that I just think I think that, Kansas is a better number one than than Xavier is. That I yes, agree. I mean probably yeah. based on I mean just kind of based off competition and everything else. But um, I think Clemson's a really good team too, and I think that they've been a very underrated this year. But they've had one of their best seasons um, in school history playing basketball. So. I think them going to take on Kansas. I have them beating Kansas. So. See, see, I I took New Mexico State to beat Clemson, and then to beat Auburn, and then to play Kansas. This and Kansas wins. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, we'll be talking. Kansas, Kansas <laughs> is the uh, the team of the choke art in the uh, NCAA. Well, that's tournament, why. I mean, so. that, that's why I got I got Kansas losing to <laughs> losing to Duke anyway. I got Duke beating Michigan State, and then and then Duke going to the to the championship and losing to North Carolina. At that so. point, if it's Kansas and Duke, it's like whatever. You lost to a one seed. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, Elena. Um, I think what you said about uh, who's like road do you like yes. better, Michigan, Michigan State? I definitely like Michigan's road better. I don't like that they weren't able to play in Detroit, but that's just. Mm-hmm. For personal reasons, I don't know. I just think that would have been better for him. But I think that the matchup against uh, Xavier would be would be great because I mm-hmm. think that Xavier's definitely beatable. And I I don't know. I, I, I have Michigan State losing to Duke too. So for sure, and I I think Michigan's road is just simply easier because the, t- the the competition's not as difficult um to a degree. I think that. What you said about UNC, it's it's two different teams. Now, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, North Carolina's probably better by now too. They're they're number yeah. two, two seed. They've probably made improvements as the seasons went along. Of course, you know they did lose to Wofford, who uh, you know CMU is going to play here on the, oh, uh, the CIT. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. It's, it's kind of funny how that whole thing connected with Michigan playing uh, Central Michigan this year too. So, um, but no, I think I think Michigan's road just easier, and I think when those two teams meet up again, it's going to be a lot better of a game. I wouldn't be surprised if North Carolina won it. That'd be the one that would knock Michigan out. But I think Michigan's going to get by them and. I really just think this team right now is so hot. Now, I mean, when you have a, as much time off as they did with the way the Big Ten tournament was scheduled this year, who knows? I really hate that. I do not like yeah. that. I think it's I think it's almost unfair um, when a team is rolling like that and they have to just you know stop. So sit in a hotel room for a while or go back to their dorms for a while. Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not. This, I follow a lot of them on uh, Instagram, and it's just been a Fortnite after Fortnite after Fortnite game on all their Instagram stories. So uh, <laughs> that's that's what they're doing at night. <laughs> so they've had good old they've Fortnite. Had, they've definitely had their time. To to think around i think they actually just left yesterday so that's the that's the kind of stuff that they're doing up well i mean apparently uh john teske before he had that that great game uh two hours before in the hotel lobby he was he was playing Fortnite. that's what i that's what i read that somewhere so, yeah. I, don't know who, I don't know who i don't know who, who sent that out or maybe it was at a press conference he said it or Fortnite's something like that it's simply becoming a movement man I know. Let me just take a quick step back. That game is that game is now like past Minecraft as uh, the, oh yeah the world's like most really virtually most played games. So. Everyone and then the funny thing yeah. is that game's been out for for a while actually before it kind of got popular. It yeah. just kind of went off. Drake like played it with some guy yesterday and it got a bunch of views or something. I saw on Bleacher Report, <laughs> but we're getting way off topic of Fortnite. That really should be my stud for this podcast. I might make it my stud. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, I I think that I think Michigan's definitely got a better chance to get to the Final Four, um, but. If say Michigan State were to get past Duke and Michigan were to get past North Carolina, what team has the better chance to win the national championship? I think I think if I mean, are you talking? Do you want to just talk if it's Michigan, Michigan State in the national championship? Who's going to win? I mean, win? okay. <laughs> I mean, let, let's. That, I mean, that's on. a crazy scenario, but I'm just saying, like, what team do you think actually yeah. would get there? Because the Final Four matchup is going to be hard regardless. I think I think Michigan State has a better chance to get there than Michigan. And why is that? I I just think that I don't know. I really I, don't I know. It's a, it's a feeling. I think I, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Michigan. I think Michigan's a really good team. I think they can get on a run. But I think someone is going to stop them. But I think Michigan State, if they get on a run, nobody's going to be able to stop them because I think that 
when their best players, when they're when they're starting five or when their best seven players, whatever you want to say it is, are playing at at the highest level, it's always going to be better than what Michigan's top seven could bring at their highest level. Mm-hmm. That's my thought. Okay, right. I I agree with that, but I just think I don't know. Michigan's so tough, and I think whoever whoever takes them down is going to have to play their best game, even though Michigan obviously isn't the best team in the tournament. I think that they just have a lot of a lot more toughness than Michigan State, but mm-hmm. like you said, Michigan State has a lot more talent. But it's just if they put it together. Yeah, that's the problem. They haven't been put together. But what what a, what a crazy scene that would be. It'd be you know, San, be awesome. San San Antonio, April second, Michigan, Michigan <laughs> That'd be State. That'd the most insane national championship I've ever watched. But, Unreal. But between the two teams, I mean, like you're saying, I mean, you can look at Michigan State and you just get this feeling in your head that they're going to be the team that can do it because. They've had all this talent, and they're they're the team that, like, in the NCAA is far above anybody else with the actual talent on their team. But I look at Michigan, and when I look at their the role that they're going to have to go there, I keep thinking to myself, this team still has a lot of young players on it. That's the reason that they would trip up. They would fall. Eventually they're going to get some game where someone's going to run into them with a really good defense or someone's going to be hitting a lot of shots at them, and Michigan's not going to be hitting them, and it's just going to be tough for them to be able to go. Because it seems like they're almost a team that's like a fire plug. When Michigan starts winning, they just kind of run with it. But eventually you run into a roadblock, kind of like what happened against Oregon last year. Mm-hmm. Completely made Michigan change their game plan, and it was something they couldn't really ever figure out. They were going to have to – I mean, they only ended up losing by a point. But it was still a game where it was like Michigan was not playing their normal game. That, that's the kind of thing that I think could happen to them in this tournament when someone kind of figures out what Beeline is doing on offense and then all their ball screens and stuff like that could switch it. Michigan State's a team that has so many individual good players mm-hmm. that if they are all firing on all cylinders, it's over. they're a team that can win the national oh, yeah. championship. So not to say that Michigan couldn't because I think that Michigan very well could – the thing with Michigan State is just mentally this team has never been able to win. I mean, that two games this year mm-hmm. against your arch rival, one of them was at your home and one of them was in the Big Ten tournament when you were trying to really make a statement Yeah, and beat a team that beat you earlier this year. It's your arch rival and you're trying to win that Big Ten tournament to show that you really are the most dominant team in the Big Ten. And they failed again. I mean, Michigan just simply played a better basketball mm-hmm. game than they did all the way through. Part of me thinks with, with Michigan, when you look at a at a team like that, coached by Beeline, such a great coach. Yeah. You know, Michigan State, not, not nothing against against Tom Izzo. I mean, he's he's a great um, on court coach. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll give him that. When he's on the when he's on the floor, he's a good coach. And and Beeline just all around on and off the floor, really good, really good coach, and and heard really good things um, about him. But I, I think when it comes down to comes down to Michigan, I think it comes down to the to the player that that is probably the most underrated player in all of college basketball, definitely most underrated in the Big Ten, and that's Muhammad Ali Abdurrahman. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes on him. You know what you're going to get from from Wagner. You know what you're going to get from from Simpson. You know Matthews is going gonna, is gonna to be kind of streaky. I mean, you, you kind of know what you're going to get from all those guys, but you know Muhammad Ali Abdurrahman, he's been really good all year, and I think if he can have a couple of really big games like he's been able to have in the past, they, they, they might be able to do some serious damage. For sure, and I, they just when they get rolling and rolling and rolling, it's it's pretty hard to stop them. But we'll see what happens with that. But one thing that uh you know it's been rolling, but the wrong way for the team here in the the state that's a uh, professional in basketball is the Pistons. Uh, yeah, I mean we talked about it um, a while back about how we thought you know maybe with Blake Griffin the way they were playing they could really turn things around and make a playoff push. Well, they're not gonna make the playoffs now, and it's just like they can't figure out how to win a game. It's almost at this point you might as well tank and try to get a better draft pick. Um, they've lost the other last ten, like I said earlier, um, and it just ha- it hasn't been pretty. It's been blowout losses left and right, and games that aren't even close. And they just look like a team that isn't playing as a team. And it almost makes you kind of wonder now if the trade was a good trade. You know, looking back at it, I think we all kind of like 
ate her words a little bit there for a second saying, you know, was this trade all that good? But now it's almost like you kind of want to go back. What do you guys think? I don't know. It's the Pistons, man. <laughs> I mean, you, you look at it, it's a – would they really be anywhere different if they wouldn't have made the trade? I mean, you got Tobias Harris and Avery Bradley on your team and you don't have Blake Griffin. Is it really any different? No. Are you I mean, really? I don't are, you, know. are you really? I think they still different. be lo- I think they'd still be losing probably. I think they'd still have this. I think they'd have. They'd be just about thirty and thirty-seven, which is where they are now. I don't think anything changes at all. I see. I don't. I don't think so either. I don't even think that trade didn't make their team much much different at all. I mean, obviously they. Blake Griffin's a superstar. If you. It was like so, it was like, like taking away two good team players and putting one superstar in the team. So they like get the same thing. Somebody that needs attention, and I just. It obviously hasn't worked out for him, and I don't know how long do you think he'll stay. I that that's a good question. Um, I, I think I think definitely next year he's still going to be around and everything, and I don't think he's going to be like demanding to leave yet. But if they are playing this bad, like going to the All Star break next year, that's the kind of guy that, like I said, you're going to find out the harsh reality of playing basketball in Detroit. Detroit. If you if you play any sport in this city and you suck, no one is nice to you. So. <laughs> It's just it's kind of just like how it is, and he's gonna figure that out very very quickly if they keep playing the way they've been playing. Cause it just has not been. I mean, their their two wins they have in the eight are over Milwaukee and Chicago. I guess Milwaukee wins decent, but Chicago is like not a good team either. So they they just been losing. They've had games. I mean, the 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 worst one was when it was against Toronto. Um, they were up by I forget how many points it was. I think it was somewhere in the the mid twenties to thirty to thirty points somewhere in there. Had that lead, blew it, went to overtime, and ended up losing the game. And that was kind of just like the the ultimate cap on mm-hmm. where they've been, and it was a four-game losing skit at the time. So um, they got a lot to figure out. But if they, you know, they, they're obviously going to end the season on a, on a bad note pretty much no matter how they finish it. Um, that going into next year, if you're looking at that team, you know, what are, what are your legitimate expectations for that team? I mean – with, with, with the Pistons going into next year, look, looking at looking at their team, I don't think expectations change. You got to expect them to to start off kind of hot, mm-hmm. and then you got to expect them to mellow out, and then you got to expect them to fall off at the end of the year. What's what's been different since they? I mean, since since they lost, since they lost their boys, you know, Chauncey and Rip and Tayshawn and and Rasheed Wallace and Ben Wallace. Has it been any different? It hasn't. So well, you can't expect anything other than than a crappy season, I guess. Yeah, I don't expect anything either. They're going to have their highs and they're going to have their really lows. So I, I don't know. I, they can't seem to get get out of this place that they're in. Having that being said and saying that, you know, and I agree with both you guys, don't think it's going to be a good season for them next year. You know, what's the, what's the leash on Stan Van Gundy? How long does he have before? I mean – you have to believe he's going to be in the hot seat, but I mean, how long? How long are they going to give him? You never know. I guess. I mean, this guy's proven he can be a good coach, exactly. right? Exactly, and I think he, I think he, is. But then, I mean, then look what happens. <laughs> exactly, and it's like you can only, like I said, it's the thing in Detroit, man. If you're not doing good, they just people want you out, and like, like those voices are going to be heard. And I like when he when he talks. Like I like I like what he says. Like I believe in what he says, but then it just. Actions don't prove it, I guess. Exactly, and it's not like he's a like in post game interviews he'll just say like I mean I know like last night when they were playing or whatever that was against Utah, he simply just said like it was over after the first quarter. Like he's just an honest guy. He says when they're when they're losing like that, doesn't sugarcoat it or anything like that. Just says you know we sucked pretty much flat out and that's why we lost. It doesn't really matter. At some point you gotta start winning games. Like you you can come in there and beat yourself up as much as you want. That's not gonna change the result. It's not gonna ch- change the win loss record. So. 
I think uh, it's pretty short. I think I think he definitely gets through a majority next season. But if they're not even near the playoffs towards the end of the year, like fighting for it, I think if they're definitely making a push to the playoffs, he's going to be around all year mm-hmm. and maybe get fired at the end of the season. But if they don't, if plain and simple, they don't make the playoffs next year, I think he's gone. Got to get rid of him. You have to. I, I I just think it happens. Like I I would almost put my money on it because it's going to be it's a, it's 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 okay. Yeah, I get it. It's a professional basketball. Yes, it's entertainment, but it's also a very big business. Mm-hmm. If you're not winning games, you're out. That's how it works. They were a team that was on the up. They were a team that everybody believed, like, okay, they kind of have that team atmosphere back. Got Andre Drummond, who's kind of your superstar. Mm-hmm. Bigger guy. That they made the playoffs. They gave – yeah, they got swept by Cleveland, but they gave Cle- Cleveland the hardest sweep you'll probably ever see. Like, they were a team that looked like they were going to improve and maybe draw a better seed the next year and get some games they could start winning because, obviously, you know, in today's NBA, you're playing for third place. So that was something that looked like they actually could potentially get to in the years upcoming. Instead, now it's going to be a back-to-back season. They've tanked since, and you're probably looking at a third one. I mean, three strikes and you're out, right? I don't really – I don't see any reason to keep somebody around. At some point, you got to start completely new. We'll see. Only time will tell. <laughs> Only time will tell. Exactly. You won't ever really know until it actually happens. Until it happens, but yeah. I think, I think for now, um, if it were to go that way – probably gonna end up uh probably gonna end up losing his job but that being said we'll uh, wrap it up now with our stud and duds uh evan you want to start me off with your stud yeah so so my stud actually in in this one is gonna be loyola i, I talked about them you know a, a little bit uh, earlier when i kind of started i picked them to to beat miami but pulled out a 64 62 win had a, had a late bucket to to put him ahead and all that kind of stuff and and i and i think more than them just you know being able to to upset and all that kind of stuff, being the first upset in in the tournament is always kind of fun. So, they're my stud. Sure. Right. I never thought I would ever say this, but my stud is the Cleveland Browns for all the moves they're <laughs> making. So let's see if they can uh, put it to the test this upcoming season. Yeah, at some point, if you're Cleveland, you just got to make the playoffs. Like that team is just like got a lot of positives going for it, but yet last season they still, you know, they couldn't couldn't get find <laughs> wins. So it's just like. At some point, you gotta start winning, and I think I think with some of the moves they're making, they're really pushing towards that. We'll see what happens. If they can maybe make a monumental turnaround this year and surprise some people. It wouldn't surprise me because they have a, they have a team with some names on it that could win some games. Now, uh, my stud. I know we already talked about Michigan basketball, but I'm gonna go with John Beeline because I think it just needs to be said. Nine and seven record versus Tom Izzo now, um, and with all the players that he's lost over the years to early early leaves and then going to the NBA and the way that he's been able to outcoach Tom Izzo in those head to head matchups and especially this season in a year where Michigan State was simply supposed to win everything, Michigan was just the one team that they really could not get by. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty phenomenal that he was able to put together that team, be able to beat that team on their home court and win in the um, win in the Big Ten tournament as well and go on to win it for a second straight year. Really can't say enough about the guy. He's a phenomenal coach, and I, I think it goes without being said that right now he might be the best coach in the Big Ten. So um, you're done, Evan? Yeah, so, you know, Talk about Trey Young, and I was gonna bring him up as my dud, but I mean the, the guy shoots 50 percent from the field, scores 28 points, seven assists, five rebounds, a steal. Um, but you know they they lost to Rhode Island, 83-78 in the in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So played well. I can't I can't I can't make him my dud, but I can make ESPN my dud because mm-hmm. the amount of the amount of attention that that this guy's gotten has. Has been fine, I, I guess, in my opinion. But the fact that it just fed the team so much attention, yeah, I think was a problem. I think that caused the team to struggle a lot. I mean, and I also think the attention that he got caused him to to shoot 
a lot more uh, when, when it when it came down to to shooting shots. I mean, end of the season, they really struggled. Two of eleven from three, one of nine from three um, against Rhode Island. Three of three of nine from three. I mean, he just started to chuck up more and more shots, and it just kind of got worse and worse with the coverage that he got. And I think a lot of that goes to to ESPN. So um, Oklahoma, if you're out there listening, ESPN is my dud because I think they kind of screwed your season up. <laughs> For sure. Okay, oh, yeah. my dad is um, Providence's uh, mascot. It was just pretty <laughs> freaky. I don't know if any of you have seen it, but it's called Friar Dom. And I don't know. Like, I mean, don't look at it before you go to sleep because it's pretty You'll spooky. be having nightmares. Pretty spooky. You know, mascots are really something that can be bigger in sports than what people think, you know, especially when it's like uh, with like the, you know, the Washington Redskins and stuff like that and all the talk they've had about mm-hmm. it being a, a racist remark and just yeah. everything. So sometimes you just got to be careful what you do. And, you know, that one could be scaring some kids. You might have to like, Rate the team's games at rated R. You can't you can't have your kids watching those rated games. R. They might they might see that guy on the sidelines. So I guess you can't watch it. But my does the NCAA tournament uh, selection committee now. It's not for any like the higher seeds or anything they did. I just think selecting Syracuse and Arizona State was both a pathetic pick. I think that the only reason they suggested or, or took Syracuse was because of how good they've been in the past and put them in Arizona State. Simply just not, did not have a good enough resume. Um, you know, not to be a Big Ten homer or anything like that, but I definitely think that uh, Nebraska was a team that should have made it over either one of those teams. Mm-hmm. And I think that USC is a team that should have made it. They were second place in their conference, and they finished second place in their conference tournament, and they did not make the NCAA tournament. And both those teams did that had a, t- a 20 and 14 and a 21 and 13 record. So, what do you think about Oklahoma getting in? That's another one. There was a, there's a lot of teams that are in this tournament that were losing, you know, going into the tournament. Like, I mean, I forget how many it actually was. What was it, 12 of their last 18? Yeah, or something they like lost that. a I think, lot. I think was their number for Oklahoma. That That's another one that's very – at a 10 seed. I don't know, man. It's, it's pretty questionable. Did not expect, I mean, maybe I would have seen them go into a playing game. I mean, they mm-hmm. they did start the season very, very good, and you still have to remember those games when it's coming back. It, it's not always about just how you end. Now it is – always important for how you get seated and it does definitely matter because like with anything in this world if it's more fresh in your mind it's definitely something you're thinking about more um but at the end of the day i think it was definitely a, a questionable pick there too but overall syracuse and uh arizona state you didn't deserve to be in the tournament so con- congrats on moving on to the, the round of 64 but you probably shouldn't be there prove me wrong and win some games we'll see what happens but that'll wrap it up for the three of us this week uh, unless you guys want to argue real quick on the podcast because i will not take him home if he says one my mouth shut okay well he doesn't want to walk so we will wrap it up right there thank you guys for listening you can find us on uh, cm life itunes soundcloud all that good stuff make sure you're giving it a download and a listen uh we'll talk to you next time